Hey guys, welcome to the Urban Permaculture Podcast. My name's Heather, I'm with Hogs and Hens Urban Farm, and I am your host for this weekly podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our very first episode, so bear with me if I have a lot of the ums and uhs in between, because I'm a little new to all of this. What I'm not new to is to the gardening world. Uh, We started out with a garden that was just a few flower pots in our windowsills with some basil and oregano, thyme, rosemary, and things like that. And we have tons of houseplants. I've got pothos and hoya, and I have a cornflower and wandering Jews and all kinds of exciting things. I've got succulents. So we've got plants all over the house, but we realized it was time to start our garden. Um, Now, my husband, Bob, is the partner here on the farm. He is my co-host. He will be here from time to time on different episodes. Um, Some episodes you may hear just me, some you may hear just him. And on some episodes, we'll be having some special guests. So you've got that to look forward to as well. Um, I don't believe you're going to be meeting him today unless he changes his mind, but we shall see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we started out with the uh, the indoor plants and we decided to start a small garden outside. Well, the small garden turned into a 35 by 35 uh, foot garden. There are um, 16 beds in each of, or in some, inside that square. And it has turned into a passion project for both of us. We've done some more research. We actually bought some of the adjoining property, and now we have nearly an acre. We are an Ohio urban garden. We are in zone 6A, and we will be expanding soon to be adding chickens as well as bees, and we are going to be starting our food forest. Now, what is a permaculture food forest? Well, a permaculture food forest is a sustainable environment that you kind of create yourself. Um, It's a lot of perennials mixed with a few annuals, and it really starts from the top. So at the top, um, we'll have some of our nut trees, which are going to grow big and tall and strong, um, being careful of nuts like walnut, which will replace or will, sorry, excrete um, a toxic chemical that'll um, stop the growth of a lot of plants around it and can be absolutely decimating to your, to your, to your garden. Um, below that will be our fruit trees, our reachable fruit trees. Below that will be some of our shrubs. Below that are going to be our annual things like tomatoes and lettuce, etc. Below that is going to be some of our bulb vegetables. So our garlic, our onions, all the allium family. And then below that is going to be our tubers. So our potatoes and, um, things like that, beets, carrots, turnips, all of those things that grow underground. And along with that underground is going to be our fungus. Um, So we are starting a mushroom garden this year. We are starting out with some pink oyster mushrooms as well as pearl oyster mushrooms. Um, Soon we're going to be expanding to add some lion's mane as well as some morels, uh, which are notoriously hard to grow, but we're going to try it anyway. Um, we're also going to try to grow some wine caps, which are delicious and so meaty. And um, we just we just plan to really expand our mushroom growing as well this year. 
Uh, we have a small pond as well as some beautiful flower gardens that are growing in um, our front yard and along our fence rows. Those flowers do serve a purpose. Um, we have uh, hostas out front, which you can actually eat the shoots when they first start to come up in the spring. They taste similar to an asparagus, um, so they're really tender and delicious when they're young. Uh, we also are growing some herbs. We have lavender out front, as well as a wide assortment of herbs in the back. We have four different varieties of basil. We've got dill, oregano, two different kinds of mint. There's lemon balm, um, thyme, oregano, parsley. We grew cilantro this year as well as garlic chives and regular chives. Um, so we've got a lot of, of those herbs that we've grown as well. And then our big exciting thing that we, we really took off this year into the world of nasturtium. Um, so you can get different sized nasturtiums. There are dwarf nasturtiums, which are kind of small and low to the ground. And then there's your regular jewel mix, which is a really big, tall nasturtium. They taste similar to a cabbage and radish hybrid. The leaf texture is similar to a baby spinach. You can eat, though, the flower, the stems, the leaves, and the seeds. Now the seeds are really cool because you can dry those and put them in a pepper grinder or an herb grinder, grind them all up, and you can use them as a spicy mix on your food as a seasoning that has a very complex food flavor profile that's a little different than just your typical black pepper. So that's been really super exciting for us this year as well. Uh, but all of those flowers draw in pollinators and beneficial insects. Uh, we also planted some calendula, marigolds. Um, so calendula is also known as a pot marigold. Um, they are a little different than your, your standard marigold. But we grew some standard and some giant marigolds this year. We grew some bachelor buttons, which are totally edible as well, and add a really fun pop of color to a salad. So it's something really fun and exciting when you have friends or guests over and you make them a salad with fresh lettuce from your garden, topped with fresh veggies from your garden. And then on the very top are some bright, colorful, beautiful flowers from your garden, all of which that are edible. It's incredible. It's a whole new world. Um, we are planting all kinds of fruit and nut trees this year. And so... Stay tuned because this is going to be a weekly podcast. Um, I will be putting out content at least once a week. Um, so you can, you can count on us putting out at least one episode a week. However, there are going to be times when we are super excited about something or we have special announcements or things. And so we may have some um, intermittent broadcasts in the middle of those, but you can at least guarantee that we will have one episode a week. Um, like I said, we've got some special guests coming up and I can't keep a secret. I get super excited about things like this. And so when we have these special guests, really good chance are I'm not going to be able to hold off and wait until the week is up to send out the, the new episode. So make sure you subscribe um, and turn on notifications so that you are alerted when we have a new episode that posts. Um, tell all your friends about this. Um, this is something that we are very passionate about. I'm sure you can hear that in my tone because when I talk about um, permaculture and all the things involved, it gets people really excited. A couple of things to know about our farm. 
we, um, we do live in a big city. Actually, we live in a historical district. Uh, we are an anomaly in our neighborhood. Uh, while most of our neighbors have perfectly manicured, beautiful little green grass gardens, um, or yards rather, we have a huge sprawling garden um, with a giant fence that is lined with climbing vining plants and beautiful bushy flowers. And they are planted such that they will be blooming throughout the year. So we have some daffodils and tulips and things to plant or to, to bloom early so that our pollinators are attracted in early and they've got some of those first flowers in the season to feed themselves with. We also have sweet william and alyssum that'll bloom a little bit later, but will bloom and bloom all summer long. And then we have, of course, some of those pollinating plants that are peppered into our garden. But we really don't have a lot of grass. Um, there's a very small patch of grass that is in between our flowers and the sidewalk. But that's soon to change because we're going to be adding two, uh, two dwarf fruit trees out there. And that area is going to be mulched as well um, to help with soil conditions. And the side lots are currently wide open and vacant. But they're soon to be covered in trees and plants and pathways and exciting new changes. Um, we do have a small pond. I believe I, I may have touched on that already, but we do have a little ornamental pond. We have um, some fish in it. They are a blend of comets and uh, and fancy comets that have big fluffy tails. They're really pretty. Um, really, it's just so that the pollinators have a drinking source of fresh water. Um, because we do live in the city, there's a lot of vacant properties with garbage and junk in the lawns that collect stagnant water. Um, so we have clean, fresh water um, that we are really careful to make sure does not become a mosquito breeding ground. Um, we practice integrated pest management. So we have different plants planted around our yard to help with different kinds of pest pressure. Um, like right around our patio, for example, our front patio, we have, um, citronella plants planted. We tried lemongrass. Unfortunately, we had a cat that ate our lemongrass, um, as well as our lavender starts, but we have lavender out front that are huge, uh, which also is, is said to, um, kind of brush away the cats or keep the cats away. Um, the mint, it is to help with things like raccoons that do not enjoy the smell of mint. Um, the alliums, the onions and garlic, for example, we plant those around the edge of the garden, um, all the way around the edge because it creates a smell barrier that helps deter pests because things like skunks and raccoons and groundhogs do not enjoy the smell of onions or garlic. The allium family has a very strong odor. Um, by doing that, it helps keep them out of our garden. Uh, we did have a little bit of a problem with squirrels this year getting into the garden. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we're going to be able to do about the squirrels being in the city, um, but they, they only nibbled on a few of our tomatoes, so we figure we can give back to the squirrel community. <laughs> Um, next year we'll be adding, uh, grapes. We have, um, a couple of different varieties of grapes, one of which is an heirloom scuppernong grape. Um, the seeds from that were started by, um, my husband's 
grandparents and then raised by his parents. And we have seeds from that, which we are now going to um, grow. So it truly is an heirloom seed um, more than just in name. We'll talk about um, what exactly an heirloom seed is in a later episode when we talk about all things seed. Um, But the simple answer is that it is a type of seed that's been passed down is able to be propagated um, without breaking any kind of copyright um, infringement, and it is it is a great option. Um, so we've got that going on. We do um, composting on our farm. So we have our own compost bin where we put kitchen scraps, shredded junk mail that is um, safe for the compost bin in there, things like uh, eggshells and cardboard and shredded paper, coffee grounds, tea um, with the uh, staples and the plastic tags, or if it's in a plastic bag, we open the bag and, and get rid of those. But we, we've we're trying to reduce some of our waste on that. And um, I'm, I'm switching to more of a loose leaf tea and using a reusable tea ball. But either way, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, today, actually, we started our very first vermicomposting. Um, verma, verma um, if you're not familiar with that, that is worm beds. So we recycled a cooler and um, are, are using a worm bedding mix that we've got in there as well as kitchen scraps and some moisture in there. And we've got uh, two dozen, no, I'm sorry, four dozen red wiggler worms in there, which will go through and nibble on the food scraps and chomp through the microbes in the dirt. And when we get worm manure, um, it, it gives us black gold. Again, it gives us fantastic composted material. The worms help break up the, the material in there. So it's a very airy light, um, a light compost, which is super easy to mix in. And it's just, it's a great system. Um, So worms will regenerate every 60 days. They will double um, because they do, they do breed. Um, So we'll end up with twice the amount of worms. And um, we are going to be expanding our little worm farm. Um, Once we get to a point where we are just kind of inundated with worms, then we will take some of our worms and we will scatter them out in our actual gardens um, or in our large compost bin. Now, the problem with the big compost bin, and while we can't use many of, of them in there, we have to be careful with it, is we do what's called hot composting. We'll talk way more about this in our composting episode, um, but the, the the simple explanation is that, that that hot composting is a way of reintroducing air, fresh oxygen, um, and water in their moisture um, with your vegetable scraps, garden scraps, and your green and your brown materials, your carbon and nitrogen fixing materials. Um, and in doing so, it creates a bunch of chemical reactions over time. Um, the bacteria and fungus and microbes that are in there will all start to to break down that material. And in doing so, that creates a chemical reaction which releases heat. So the inside of these, these piles can get you know well over 100 degrees, oftentimes in the 130s, 140s, which is fantastic because that is creating a nice hot temperature which breaks it down even faster. Um, but with that, when it gets super hot, it'll drive the worms out because worms can't handle the heat. So they will either burrow down and bury themselves in the ground or they'll just leave. But when a pile is new, it is great to get them going because they will help chomp through some of that stuff and break it down until you start building up that heat. 
Uh, we also do the, the manure composting. So we have a dear friend who has horses that are fed a, um, a nice healthy diet. Uh, you have to be really careful with horse manure because horses do not fully digest their food. Um, so to be careful of not having weeds and seeds in the manure, um, you have to make sure that they're getting a really good quality um, feed mix. And we do. We do have a good source for that. Um, so we use that in our garden. We also have an excellent source of mulch. So another good friend of ours owns a tree trimming business. And so as they cut down trees and trim trees, they mulch their, their branches to make them easier to haul and to get rid of. And it's a waste stream for them. So we have been collecting their mulch. We go over there with our truck and he loads us up with a bobcat, which is a front loader. Um, it's, a, it's like a small dump vessel. Anyhow, he will load us up with that, and we've used the, the mulch to um, line our pathways and to add to the tops of our beds. Um, so that's been a fantastic, fantastic way for us to really work on our soil amendments. We'll talk about soil health um, in a later episode as well, so there's more information on that forthcoming. But that is who we are in a nutshell. Um, we, like I said, we talked about our roommate a little bit. Her name is Tammy. She'll be on later episodes. Um, but she takes care of things while we're gone. Um, with our gardening method, we don't have to do a lot of work once our plants are established and in the ground. Uh, because we do a deep mulch method and we have good soil, uh, we really don't have to water very often, if at all. Um, the exception to those are some of our heavy feeders like our corn um, and some of our tomatoes. We try to keep our tomatoes watered because if tomatoes go dry and then you get a rain spell, it can cause them to swell and split, which will then ruin your harvest. So to avoid that, we try to evenly water those. We do have an irrigation system that is very automated, um, and we will eventually get links to those on our website. Um, our website is hogsandhensdayton.com, um, and that's D-A-Y-T-O-N, hogsandhensdayton.com. And from that website, you will be able to find links to episodes past, um, as well as a show outline with information about what we talked about. Um, in the outline, there will be links to the different things we discuss. Um, we'll have shopping links. So if you want to shop for the exact products we talk about, you'll be able to do that um, right in our website. Um, but we... We are doing this because we really love what we're doing. We're doing this to help with the environment um, because we are losing bees at an alarming rate um, in the world. And so by planting these gardens and, and planting vegetables and fruits that flower, it feeds the pollinators and allows those pollinator populations uh, like the bees to grow and thrive. We are doing it for our future because we eventually intend to retire from working outside of the home and we would love to be able to um, just farm full time. And we also are doing it to leave a legacy for our kids and our grandkids. Um, we do have three children between the two of us and we have three grandchildren currently with one due in April. We'll have a new little baby boy grandson um, due in April. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but, you know, we've we've had our grandson out here in the garden and he's uh, four. I'm sorry. Yeah, five. No, he's four. He'll be five in January. Goodness, listen to me. Uh, but we had him out here recently and 
he enjoyed watching us dig for sweet potatoes and helping pick the tomatoes. And he just, his face and watching him garden was priceless. Um, my youngest son is 11 and he absolutely loves going out to the garden and picking fresh blueberries right off the bush and eating them. Um, we'll be adding, um, oh, we did mulberries this year. So we've got mulberries that we harvested and he loved it. He'd come in with little purple hands and his little face was all purple. I'd say, you get in the mulberry tree? And he's like, no, yeah, totally got in the mulberry tree. But um, we'll be growing even more fruits and vegetables um, to introduce him to. And, you know, we want to show our kids and our grandkids that you can grow your own food, even if you live in the city, and you actually can grow a substantial amount. Um, we're, we're trying new methods uh, this year to expand uh, the amount of of usable land that we have, um, doing things like hugel culture, which is where you build mounds and plant in the mounds, which uh, keeps your footprint the same of the bed, but it allows you to have more square footage by going vertical. Um, and then, like I said, with the permaculture, you know, you're, you're planting in guilds and, you know, like around the trees, for example, we'll have vining vegetables around the trees at the base of those. We'll have some of our, our bushy shrubs underneath those bushy shrubs. We'll have mushrooms and below the mushrooms, we'll have some of our root vegetables like carrots and potatoes. So it's a way for us to really maximize our space. Um, stay tuned for an episode on companion planting where we talk about certain fruits and vegetables that um, really do well together. Um, they can help each other grow and thrive. You'll learn about things like the three sisters and, and even more exciting information. Uh, Bob will be giving you tips and information about building some of your own farm equipment. Uh, we've, we've built lots of different things around the farm ourselves, mostly out of scraps um, and things that were discarded or, or repurposed. Um, like our, our worm bed, for example. So our, our vermicomposting is actually an old cooler that we had hanging around here. We have upgraded to a cooler that uh, is a little bit bigger, a little bit um, different shape. And so we had this cooler hanging around and it was perfect for us to grow our, you know, to grow our little worm farm in. We um, took some old um, pipes and uh, I used the welder and I welded some fittings on the end of it and we made a pallet breaker. Um, so it's in essence a specialized type of almost like a crowbar or a pry bar that we use to break apart pallets because we do use a lot of pallet and reclaimed wood in our projects around the farm. Um, so you'll learn about that. Um, as we expand into the world of chickens, you'll get to learn all about our our chicken life and building the coop and the run and how we predator proofed it and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm sure you're going to hear lots of stories about our ornery little puppies. They just turned a year old in uh, November, and they are definitely a handful of times. They like to help out with the garden, but sometimes their help is not so welcome. <laughs> so there are plenty of fun little stories you'll hear along the way. If you like what you're hearing and you're excited to learn more, please, please, please share this podcast with your friends. The way you can help us out the best right now is by going over to wherever you're listening and streaming this podcast from and leaving us a review. Um, give us your honest feedback. You know, if you like what you hear and you're excited to hear more, tell us about that. Um, feel free to ask any questions. Check out our website. 
Um, it is currently down for maintenance. Uh, hoping to have that up and running again soon as we are changing and expanding some of that. And look for us to expand in the future to a YouTube channel. Um, we probably won't launch that until the spring. Um, just because there's not a lot going on right now that's that's exciting to watch quite yet. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much. Again, I am Heather with Hogs and Hens Urban Farm. You can find us on Facebook at Hogs and Hens Urban Farm. And we hope to hear, hear hope you hear from us again next next week. <laughs>